Okay, let's start. Parsha's Nasso, Tavshin Pei Gimel. So here in Eretz Yisrael, this is a pre-Shavuos shear. Uh, and those who listen to Chutzlores might be listening to post-Shavuos, but the entire shear will be Parsha-related. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be... Uh, Whenever one, uh, whenever one listens, uh, and again, as I said last week, the next five weeks or so, um, B'nai Eretz Yisrael will be ahead one week, and then uh, pretty soon we'll uh, be in sync uh, again. But we have a number of very... Okay, sorry about that. Let's uh, start with a Sare Alafim. Rabbi Tversky from Chicago starts off with a thought relating to the beginning of the parasha, and we know it says the word Naso three times. Says the word Naso three times. Once in last week, it makes it a little confusing for Bali Kriya when uh, they were trying to find the right Naso to start the Aliyah with. Uh, but we have Naso in la- at the end of last week's parsha uh, when we talk about one of the families of the Levian by Shavii. Naso as Rosh B'nei Kahas. Beginning of our parsha, we have Naso as Rosh B'nei Gershon, and then a little while later, we have. The Nasso relating to B'nai, we don't have a Nasso, but it's uh, B'nai Merari, as we will, uh, as we will see. So says the Sare Alafim, let's start. Question one, what I just alluded to. Why does it say Nasso by two out of the three families of Levi? Last week's Parsha, and the beginning of this week says Nasso by Kahas and Nasso by Gershon, but it does not say Nasso by Merari. It doesn't say Nasso by the, um, Fam, family Himrari. <coughs> Question one. Yesh Lahavin on line four. Lama Nakar Akasav Lasha Naso as Rosh. Rak Eitzel Bene Kahasu Bene Gershon. Below Eitzel Bene Mirari. Question number one. Question number two. Later on in the Parsha. Right, the creative ability of the Sari Alafim. He takes things from all over the Parsha and, and weaves them together. Right, later on in the Parsha, we have Birchas Kohanim. Birchas Kohanim, Yivarech Hashem. And the final word of the bracha, as we know, is v'yasem l'cha shalom. The last Mishnah in Shas, Meseches Uksin, quotes, Amar of Shimon Mechalafta, lo matzak ha'adosh baruch hu kli machzik bracha li Yisrael ala shalom, the greatest kli machzik bracha, the greatest kli, the greatest utensil for bracha, to be zocha for bracha from Hashem is peace. V'yasem l'cha shalom. What is the secret of Shalom? What is the secret of, of this being the key to be Zochet to Bracha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? This is the final word. Right? The Bracha that Hashem gives us, we have we had Brachas in Parshish B'chukosai also, but the Bracha that Hashem gives us is um, here every single day, and it ends off the climax of Shalom. So what is the uniqueness? How can we deepen our understanding of that word uh, of Shalom? So to answer these two questions, why it only says Nasu by two out of three, to lift up by two out of three of the families, and what the uniqueness of Shalom is, so the beginning of the answer is the third question. Gemara Brachas Davchaf, which we mentioned in another context, says the Gemara, Amru, left side now, and then we'll go to the right side. Amru, Malachi, Esharei, Slavnei, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Malachim asked Hashem, I have a question. And generally, when Malachim have questions in Shas, generally they're against us. Generally, it's like, why do you, right, the, the, uh, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, why aren't B'nai Yisrael saying Halal on Rosh Hashanah, right? Most of the time, uh, we have, um, you know, they're, they're upset at us for some reason and they're jealous, the angels. Maybe it goes back to the root, maybe it goes back to, uh, the Gemara and Shabbos, where in Shabbos where the angels didn't want to give us the Torah, right? So, uh, didn't want Hashem to, to, uh, give us the Torah. Maybe we'll talk about that on, uh, 
on uh, on Shavuos. So says the uh, Gemara, the Malachim asked Hashem, Ribbonah Shalolam, Right, it says that you can't show favoritism. Get your favoritism, Yisa Shampana Vilacha. And you show favoritism, Yisa Shampana Vilacha. You're not allowed to show favoritism. And you show favoritism to B'day Yisrael. Why is that? So Amr Lehem HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, What, I shouldn't show them favoritism? V'chi lo esa panim li Yisrael. Right, it says in, in the, the Torah, Parshas Ekev, that when do you have to bench? Only Kedesh Sevilla, when you're satiated. And these Jews bench when they have a kezayis, a little piece of bread. So they go overboard for me, so I go overboard for them. They go beyond the letter of the law, so so do I. Okay, we all know that Gemara. The question is, how did that answer the question? Right? How, how did that help? So they said, you show favoritism. Hashem says, you got me, I do. You know, ani, ani no say, no say panim. Okay, what was the answer? How did Hashem answer the question? Unbelievable. Says the, sorry, I love him. Sorry, I love him. Oh, one other question before we get to the answer. He says, the question I just said on line nine. Right, how do you answer the question? Right, he, he admitted to the, to the problem. And then he says on line 17, If it's true that you're not allowed, you don't bench, there's no chiv to bench, only if he ate satiation, if you're not, you don't have a chiv to make a bracha, how could you choose to make a bracha? How could you, you only have to make a bracha if you're satiated. And you, and you choose to make a, you can't choose to make brachas whenever you want. We know that's not true, but right. So, how is it that we make a bracha when we're not satiated? Says the sorry alafim, and this is the secret. This is the secret. The Efshalomar, line twenty-three, and we could think about this every time we bench, and we want to be zocha to the shefa of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Efshalomar. What did Hashem answer the malachim? It's not fair. You show favoritism. Shehem b'nei Yisrael yesh lemida tova. Shehem sveim tuva. B'chol mashani nosin lehem ben rav l'maat. They are satiated with whatever I give them. So what do you mean? They they um, they I show them. I go beyond. I they are satiated with whatever I give them. I only give them a little bit. They're not benching because even though they don't have a No, they feel satiated. They recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them plenty. They believe. Whatever I give them is what they're supposed to get. Because Hashem doesn't make mistakes. And if I don't have it, I'm not supposed to have it. I would have given them more. How could I not? They show Svias Ratzon. They feel satiated by what I give them. So you know what? I feel satiated by what they give me. I only give them a little, so to speak. I don't get, nobody has everything in life. Nobody has everything in life. Finances, mishpacha, shalom, everybody has their, their, their challenges. 
So, but whatever I give them, they say, Savati. So whatever they give me, Hashem says, Savati. So I'm not showing faith. I'm not going above and beyond. I'm Savea. And I'll give them a bracha, even though they only give me a little. And this next paragraph is such, so powerful. Line 11. And this idea that we're thinking about should be a tremendous chizik. We think, what am I accomplishing? What my bracha and my avodas Hashem? It's small. Who says, who says I've fulfilled my, my charge? Whatever you give, Hashem says it's good. Hashem says it's good. A Jew gives him a little, Hashem says, I got it. I got it. As long as you're satiated what I give you, I'm satiated what you give me. You feel severe, I'll feel severe. Amazing. Right, so it goes in both directions. We have to make sure that we feel satiated. Right? Savea, Vesavata, and give Hashem Ubeirachta. And then he's going to look at us and say, the davening with only half kavana and uh, the mistakes. You did some. Savati, Savata, you were... Venera, and he says, maybe that's a deeper idea of Chazal. Shalazek Kibnu Chazal Ba'amram, the last Mishnah in Uksin. It's not the Pashup Shat that it's Shalom, right, as long as you get along with each other. If you have Shalom with yourself, if you have Shalom with yourself, that's the greatest school of Bracha. With my with my situation, right? Whatever we say, Hashem wants to give us, but He can only give us. When we feel satiated, when he, when he feels satiated with us, he'll give us bracha. How do we zoka to that? When we feel satiated. And that's a message that we have to realize. And that's a message which is hard in any generation. And I would say every generation since Maimon Harsinai has gotten harder. And I would say over the last 50 years has gotten even harder to teach this to the next generation. Sameach Bechelko. To be savea with, with what we have. To teach this from a young age, and we have to give a bracha, and we have to teach it. And even if our we don't see the reaction in our children now or in our grandchildren, we have to know it's going to going to happen. So says the so that's the that's the message. Let's get back to the original question. Why does it say naso by kahas and by gershon, but not by merari? Not by Merari. So he ends off by saying, Lift up your heads. Lift up. He doesn't focus on the words Kahas and Gershon, but what he focuses on the opposite. Merari, Merirus, bitterness, don't lift that up. 
Don't lift that up. Don't focus on that. Right? Anashem shem tamin merurim b'matzavam. B'nei merari. Don't be not so that. Ve'enem svim mashi yishlohem. And teda. And he says, you know why? Lumishbechosem l'vesavosem tifkod osam. Sometimes you see the word tifkod meaning chaser. He quotes. So he says we should always be zoche to be able to be be sameach with our own. Even, even though it doesn't mean that we should pat ourselves on the back and say, look what I did. I'm good. No, not in Ruchnius. I like that, like the Bali Musr say. We say in Aleinu, Bashamayim imal, Vialaris Matachas. Bashamayim, when it comes to Ruchnius, Mimal, we should look at people who have more than us, who do more than us. Vialaaretz, in Gashmius, Mitachas, we have to look at people who have less than us. To look at people that have less. So we should always be striving in, uh, in the world of, of Ruchnius, but this is the message of the Sari Alafim. Again, we should be Saveya with what Hashem gives us. Hashem will be Saveya what we give, what we give Him. Okay. Another message of the three families, and that it doesn't say Naso by, by Merari, says Rav Zevin, here in Latorah Valamoadim. Masai b'nei Yisrael b'amidbar, im ha'aron l'fnehem. B'nei Yisrael with the midbar, with the aron going in front of them. Heim semel v'dugva l'nedidas Yisrael. Chomesha galusam adboam l'eret Yisrael. But there are many parallels between the B'nai Yisrael moving through the desert and our moving through through life in the exile in Galus, right? Because they were in Gal, they were in the midbar. So we're in the midbar for two thousand years. We're in the midbar. So there's a lot of messages. Ukeshem sharon alucha shebo. Had we stay alive in the Midbar, the Aron, the Aron was our protection. And the Aron straightened out any mountains and valleys. So too the Torah is in our life. The Torah is going to flatten out mountains. And the Torah is going to fill up the valleys for us. But says Rav Zevin, Ubenei Kahas, Gershon Umerari, Kahas Gershon Merari symbolize the three three types of Jews in the Midbar, which means in Galus. Rav Kook, we spoke about this years ago. Rav Kook talks about three shofers, three shofarot. Right? He gave a drasha um, one of the years of Rosh Hashanah, I think, in the 1920s, uh, about the three shofers. And they dive in for Takabish Shofar Gadol, Lecherusenu. This is parallel to that thought. Says the Latar of Alamodim. Shalosh Dargos Biyachas Yisrael Lachazarasim Laeret Yisrael. There are three levels. B'nai Yisrael were marching to Eretz Yisrael at this time. So there are three ways that we get back. Three groups. Yesh Ke'elosh Makaimen Kibbutz Galios Meretzonamatov. Some come back because of the pull. And they recognized the centrality of Eretz Yisrael. And this is what Rav Kook called the Shofar Gadol. They come to Eretz Yisrael. And they gather together with clarity. They know every letter, every word of the Ramban. In Parshas Achremos, in Parshas Toldos, right, in Parshas Akev. They know all those Rambans by heart. But they talk about the centrality of Eretz Yisrael, and Hashem's eyes are here. Who Eretz Hamuvtechas Lanu Miroshim Ikedem, Anachnu Shelavi Hishalanu. And there's a connection, and we might even say a marriage, a marriage. Parenthetically, we mentioned in the past 
thoughts that we know, beginning of Masechah's Kiddushin, is the source for getting married with money, Kiddusha Kesef. Kicha, kicha, miste Ephron. So Xerah Shabbat, we compare Kiikach by marriage and the Lashon of Kicha by, by buying Maris Machpelah. So some ask, what, buying a, buying a wife is like buying a, right, a, a piece of land? Right, what, what, what is, how do you compare? Kicha, kicha, miste Ephron. Right, the Nisuin and Maris Machpelah. So no, no, maybe the Pshat is, our connection to Eretz Yisrael is like a marriage. It's the other way. Kicha, kicha, miste Ephron. And that's here. Anachru shalavihi shalanu. Eluheim b'nei kahas. That's b'nei kahas. Kahas muvano asif of a kibbutz. Velo yikhas amim. The gathering of nations. So we're gathered in. Those that come to Eretz That's naso. Lift those Jews up. Come back. Number one. But then there's the second group. The second group didn't make it and don't make it because of the pull. But we might call it because of the push. Because no other land wants them. Right? There's no other... They're not pulled by the homeland, but nobody else will take me, so I'll go to, I'll go to the land of Israel. Right? That they were comfortable in, uh, in their gullus lands. They were Migurash. You know what? They made it. They made it. They also make it here. But then there are the Bnei Merari. The bitter ones. So again, there are many ways that you could take this. Reb Zevin takes this in the way of those that are stuck. Those that have a life of Mariris, maybe those throughout history that might have, would have, maybe could have, and wanted to act based on the pull and the push, but they couldn't because they just had a, had a, they were stuck in the bitterness of a country that wouldn't let them out. That's the Bnei Merari. There's no Nesias Rosh there. There's no lifting up. No lifting up. Maybe one might even say that sometimes in history there were those like the Chet Maraglim, When Merari, they felt Merari about Eretz Yisrael. The opposite. That's not what Rav Zevin says. But there were those that, that rejected. So that's not a, that's not a nusso. But you know what? At the end of time, we're all going to get here. At the end of time, whether it's the pull or the push, right? What does it say? Uvo ha'ovdim be'eretz asher v'hanidachem be'eretz misraim. Everybody's going to get here, and that's alluded to in our Parsha of Kahas and Gershon. They have the Naso. Merari doesn't. They're not going to be lifted, but at the time of Yemosa Mashiach, everybody's going to, going to make it back. Okay. Moving right along, that opens up the Parsha for us. And let's continue and talk about Arashi. Rashi. There are two major sections, as we know, in Ravi. We have the Parsha of Isha Sota. And the parsha of Nazir, Sota and Nazir, and Rashi connects the two in the name of Chazal, right? Connects the two. Why is it? Rashi quotes at the beginning of the second parsha. Okay, there's a connection between Nazir and Sota. But interestingly, if you look in the Torah, first we have the parsha of Sota, and then we have the parsha of Nazir. 
if you look in Mishnayis, first we have the parsha of Nazir, and then we have the parsha of Sota. So you might say, oh, come on. So why? No, you know what? Because Nazir is right after Nidarim, and Nazir is a form of a Neder, and okay, come on. That's, that's one idea for sure. Right? You have to ask, why does, why does the Nashim start with Yavamis? Right? The Ramam talks about that. That's the only Chi of marriage, and then Ksubis, and then Nidarim Nazir Sota is, a, is a, but you then also could, could have figured out a way to parallel the Torah Shebechsav. If you could have put Nazir and Sota together, so you could have figured out a way to have Sota before Nazir. In any case, in any case, this is an opportunity for one of the Gera Rebbes to, uh, you see the Ram Migur, that's Rav Avram Mordechai Alter. This is quoted here in the Mayana Shal Torah, it's source 5. Rav Avram Mordechai, right, he was the third Gera Rebbe, the Imre Emes. The Imre Emes, he was Nifter in 1948. 1948, right, Mamish, during the time of that war, that's why he's buried where he's buried. I think he's buried right across from uh, Machni Yehud over there. Uh, but the Imre Emes, um, he says the following. Source five. What's the message? We can't reach the greatest levels. First, you have to have Sir Meirah. To remove the stain, and then I'll say tov. First, you have sur That's what the pasuk says, right? First, we have to sur right? And and that's what's symbolized by sota. And then nazir symbolizes hosafas kedusha, symbolizes extra mitzvahs. But you know what? Chazal realized it's very hard for us. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wait to be makabal things until we get rid of all of our faults and all of our stains. I'm not going to start this until I'm clean. Whenever, what? Is that going to happen? It's very hard. If we wait until we're totally we'll never get there. We'll never get there. Chitzu Chazal say, you know what? Jump right in. Jump right in, skip it. Sheyaschel Adam Lasok Benizirus Velasos Zatov. Jump, do the Asetov. Jump right in. Afilo Madayin Lo Nitar Bishlemus. The term Sir Kalim Anara. Hashem says it's okay. Try your best, but you could jump into the Asetov. So Nazir's first. Maybe the ideal, the ideal is Torah Shebechsav. You have Sota before Nazir, but Rabbi Yudan Asi says Nazir before Sota. Right, jump right in. The etzem adaver azei sayelo lahagia yoser maher elatara, and that aseito will help. Will help with cleaning the stains, and that's what he says. He quotes from the Chlushi Arim, the earlier Gera Rebbe, right? The Sur Meira al titein daitacha, the first Gera Rebbe al titein daitacha alav klal kiem aseito asokubal atov, and then it'll help, and that's the switch of the of the order. But they, they say that, we've said that in the past on the, the Seder of the Simanim. Kadesh Urchatz. Right? Why is there a Vav by Urchatz? None of the other ones have a Vav. Kadesh Urchatz, Karpatz, Yachatz. We don't say Ur, U Karpatz, U Yachatz. U, only Urchatz gets a Vav. Why? Because really the Urchatz, the Urchatz should be before the Kadesh. In like Machshava terms. First wash your hands and then sanctify yourself. And then Kadesh yourself. But we want to, no, on Pesach we jump right in. 
You jump right in, but you put the vav there to reflect that really that should be first. Kadishorchatz is like a package, but we're allowed to do it even uh, without the right order. Okay. Once we're on the topic of Nazir, once we're on the topic of Nazir, there's a focus on the hair of a Nazir. The hair of the Nazir and the head of the Nazir. Right? The hair might be a reflection of the of the uh, of the head. But the Psukim tell us. Look at the Psukim. Ish oh Isha, right? A man or a woman could be a Nazir. Nazir Lashem. Uh Nizro, these are the laws. Tarlo Yavara Rosho. Right? Nothing on his head. I'm alo sayamim, Kadesh Kadel Pera Saar Rosho. Call you Mazir Lashem, Levishbez Lo Yavo, Kinezer Alokov, Al Rosho. Kiamas Mesal Bafeta Pitom Batime Rosh Nizro. Rosho. So there's Rosh because the hair is on the head, but there's also a focus on the head. Right? Vitime Rosh Nizro. Why is that? Why is Tum associated with the head? Rosh Nizro. Nezer Elokov, his crown is on the head. What's the, what's the, what's the, um, emphasis later on? The Kidash es Rosho Bayom Hahu. He will sanctify his head. So what exactly is the emphasis of the head? Says the Aznayim Latora. Rizalman Saratskin. Says Azaim Latora, source number six on the left side. Hiktim Akasiv Kedusha Seyar Rosha Nazir Le Kedusha's Kolaguf. Right? The Kedusha of the head comes first. It's primary. Why? Kia Kedusha Asher Hanazar Mashpialam and Ashamayim Makara Kedusha. Right? The source starts with the head. Why does it start with the head? And he quotes a couple of Sukkim. Line 16. The hiktim es kedushas arosh, the kedushas kol aguf. Ki afal pisha halev hu merkaz aguf. Umimenu totos chayim larosh leseir. Even though our heart is very powerful, and that symbolizes our emotions and our our attitude. Ukamol lechol aguf. Vikra gidov ashigshug shokol evarim. Minukud babar gashmi. It's all in the in the heart, and it's the bloodstream. But by Ruchnius, the head takes power. And it's our Seichel, and it's our decision making, and our Bechira Chavshis. Right? It, to be, if we don't think that we could be naturally pulled by our heart, what feels good, even though, yes, the, right, the, 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 the cells of the, in the brain are, are what connects to the nerves, that's true. Everything connects up there. But the head, the head is what we have to focus on in the world of Ruchnius. The heart is known as the pleasure-seeking seeking, uh, organ. But the head is what makes decisions. And the head has to be powerful. Right? Being a Nazir is a decision. It's going in the opposite direction than natural. Right, going away from wine, going away. It's the opposite. It's Right, so it means that the seichel has overcome the emotions, and that's why the head has a has a focus. Says the Azayin Latara, because that's what we have to do. Sometimes we're exhausted in the morning, and our body wants us to stay in bed. Right, what gets us out of bed? Only our brain. Only our brain. It's the only thing that gets us out of bed. Right? Because you could be just as exhausted and you're catching a flight to go on vacation, you'll jump out of bed. What's the difference? You're both exhausted, but your brain tells you you're going on vacation today. 
Right? So you got to get up. Right? So it's the brain that's the driver. And we have to be Makadesh, the head. Makadesh. And once we do that, that will affect the rest of the, that will affect the rest of the body. Right? Kasher, who ban Then everything will, everything will fall into place, uh, even then. Okay. The next, the next, uh, Ma'amar, the next uh, article is fascinating. Because Rabbi Lamb, as we know, uh, gave drushes for 25 years in a shul in, uh, in Manhattan. And then he was 25 years the president of Yeshiva University. Um, but he had, they have some of the drushes printed in Drushal Adoros, but they have the dates. They have the exact dates of when he gave this drusha. So the drusha that we're going to learn right now, you see on the bottom, June 10th, 1967. It was the day the Six-Day War ended. That's when he gave this drusha in shul in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. June 10, 1967. You see the title? I had this chus when I was in the Kolel. We met with Rabbi Lamb every other Thursday for lunch. Right? And he had a, a guest over. And, and he obviously he spoke to us. He was very big on drushes. The sermon. Again, you have to know the crowd also. He says, your sermon always has to have a title and a structure. And you know, a lot of people in his, in his shul also, this was the only learning they did all week. Besides the fact that it's an important uh, slot. Right? It wasn't just a vart. Uh, for Rabbi Lamb. It was a drusha. It was a sermon. Right? So, so he always, every title of his, he said he thought long and hard. Rabbi Lamb, I mean, you see, you read his writings, you think, it, obviously it's a gift, but he always has a title. So he write three long lessons from one short war. Right? That's his title. But this is, we're learning, right? What he wrote, 1967. But he connects it to Parshas Naso. And he connects it to Birchas Kohanim. Right, he says, right, he, he wrote this right after the war. The difference in mood and temperament in all of our people between last Shabbos and this Shabbos. Last Shabbos. When Mamas, they didn't know what was going to be. That there was going to be another Holocaust. Rachman al-Itzlan. Minameitzar karasina. Anoniva merchavya. That's what the Mamas, they felt. Last Shabbos was minameitzar karasika. And this Shabbos, anani bamerchav. Bamerchav, it's wide. Bamerchavka. Last week we called out of anguish, hemmed in by our enemies on all sides, encircled by adversaries. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us this bracha. So what are we supposed to do? And he writes, this chapter in history is hardly over. We are still very much involved in its consequences. Yes, the sick, the, and they, they felt the war right then, but obviously they, to see it in a historical context, obviously 67, 73 and everything since then, all the decades since then, a lot has happened. But he was thinking of messages right then. On the day that the war, he had to give a drasha that Shabbos. Right? So what was it? See, so he says three messages. <coughs> three messages. I gave you the whole drasha to look at. He writes on the next page, on the left side of page eight. These are not the garden variety of miracles, the Nisim Nistarim. What they saw this week Quite obviously, they are in the category of nisim gluyim. Nisim gluyim, evident and open miracles, which only a blind man could fail to see. And only one who is obtuse could fail to appreciate. So you can't imagine, staggers the imagination. Jews, for the first time in 20 years, visited Kever Rachel. For the first time in the memory of any person alive today, into Maras Right, That wasn't just 19 years. Right, to go inside Mars Napela, right? I, I think I mentioned before, we have a diary, my grandfather's diary, my mother's father, from 1928 
28. 27, 28. And he writes, he went to Maras Machpela and he was able to stand on the seventh step. The step outside, that's all they were able to go to. The seventh step outside and, and he says for the first time, above all else, this is the week that Jews once again danced in the streets of Yerushalayim. Ki'ir shechobar layachta v'chulu. So let's take a long look at this short war, says Rabbi Lamb in his way that he says it. And he says, number one, what's message number one? Message number one, al-tiftechu bindivim. The Jewish people have nobody else to rely on. You shall not place your ultimate faith in presidents or prime ministers, in generals or commanders, in treaties or alliances. The first message that he says is, the whole world did nothing for Am Yisrael. With all of the peace treaties and with all of the friends and with all of the pacts, right? It is too early to tell what extent the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of England stood by us. Right? For whatever help, we're eternally grateful. Yet it's clear Israel fought alone and probably will remain mostly alone in the diplomatic battles that are yet to come. V'chulu, and he continues, our State Department ignored American commitments in thought, word, and deed. All this, and I fear what lies ahead in the days to come, recalls the old adage. Look at this line. Maybe it's famous. I didn't know it until I read it on the second line. May God protect me from my friends. I will take care of my enemies myself. Right? He says, you know, protect me from my friends. The the Americans, so to speak, then, he said, all of our friends, what do they do? Protect me from them. Protect me. We must realize that in an ultimate sense, am levadad yishkon. But after all is said and done, we are a lonely people. It is that loneliness which is our greatest weakness and our greatest strength. Am levadad yishkon. And he quotes the Sifrei Zuta. Yishmerecha Hashem, the Yishmerecha Hashem, guard me, guard me from everyone around me. That's the first message, he says. Am levadad yishkon. The Six-Day War taught us that and that's the first shmira. Not only from our enemies, but even those who aren't our enemies, but aren't always there. Number one. The second, the second of the lessons, of the three lessons he has towards the bottom. He talks about the performance of our religious youth. He says, all of the youth that were in Eretz Yisrael at that time, they went and volunteered. And they went and they said, what we could do? Who ran away? Nobody ran away. Right? It was the, it was the, he writes, it was, it was on all the newspapers. Right? All the Dati, Talmidim and Talmidot, they went. They were united in their enthusiasm. And he writes on the next page, the first to volunteer, right, students of Yeshiva University and other Yeshivot, Right, uh, those who stayed, Orthodox members, right? He says somebody, one, one of the Jewish agency staff members. I wonder where the boys without the kipot are, right? Because it was this ability to make a kiddush Hashem from within, right? We have always known of the greatness of Torah. Rarely have we had this God-given opportunity to observe the graciousness of Torah, a kiddush Hashem spreading out, showing how Am Yisrael they support each other. Right, and that's the second point he says, You shall find chain in the eyes of those around you. He writes that at that time, there were the B'nai Torah that showed chain and support, and all of Am Yisrael throughout were zochah to that. Number two. And finally, number three, as you might guess, Yisrael Shalom. 
It was the achdus of Am Yisrael throughout the world. Right? The third point is what the Jews cannot accomplish, the Arabs did. They united the Jewish people. Right? It's a Gemara. It's a Gemara. Right? The Gemara says, 48 Nevi'im and 7 Nevi'os couldn't get Am Yisrael to do tshuva and come together. Right? And one, one Haman? That's all. The sense of purpose and unity was evident. A great spirit of fellowship overtook all Jews of all persuasions. Jews who never admitted to being Jewish. Neighbors. Bechulu. Right, he says, Now we have learned to find peace in times of war. May we, in, look, in looking ahead, strive for blessing of peace even during peacetime. We've always been good in Saras. Right, we have to get good in Simchas also. It's easier to connect in Saras. That's Rabbi Lamb. Rabbi Lamb's thoughts right after the Six-Day War, 1967, in June, how he took some long messages. We can still have those messages. Right? We have to remember, we have to try to make a Kiddush Hashem and find chain in the eyes around us, within our religion, and from without, and looking for the Achdus. Okay. Moving right along. Moving right along. Let's start this with a question. Source number 11. I saw this thought in uh, one of this farm from Rabbi Fran. He doesn't quote anybody. It's an amazing thought. He quote, Let's start with a question that he answers at the end. But we'll start with the question. We all remember the Medrash that Rashi quotes in Parshas Vayigash. Parshas Vayigash. Remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'll read the Psukim, if I could find it quickly. Right, ya- y- Yosef Atzadik sends back to bring his father. Here it is. Right, he sends... Vayakam Yaakov, a little bit earlier. Vayidabari Lov is called to Yosef Asher Tiber Alehem. The brothers came to, come to, uh, Yosef, come to Yaakov and tell them about Yosef. Vayaris Ha'agalos. Asher Shalach Yosef Laseisoso. Yaakov saw the Agalos, the wagons. Vatachiruach Yaakov Avihem. There was something magical about these Agalos. Right, what does Rashi say? Agalos, you, you play around with the Nekudos. Agalos, Egla. Egla Rufa, that was the last topic that he was studying with Yosef before. Ah! If you look in the Das Akedim Ibali Atosvas, on this Pasuk, the Das Akedim says, Vayaris Agolos, what Agolos did he saw? He saw the Agolos in Parshas Nasso. The wagons, it was Mamish wagons, not, not calves, Egla. The, the second half of the Parsha, right? What makes Parshas Nasso the longest Parsha? The second half of the Parsha. You have all the Nesim. You have all the Nesim. So all the Nesim, they bring, they each bring their carbonos and they put it into wagons and they brought it. So the Dazakanim says, that's what was Mechaya Yaakov Avihem. What's so special about those Agalos? Fatechi Ruach Yaakov Avihem. What is so special about those Agalos? So my friend says, if you look, look in Perak Zion Pasagim. Right? Everything is listed there. Everything, there was 12 of everything. Right, to, look towards the end when there's a sum up, when there's a sum up pasig of all of the material. Zos Chanukas Hamizbeach, Karos Kesef Shtemesrei, Mizukei Kesef Shtemasar, Kapozav Shtemesrei. Twelve Kapim, twelve Karot. Everything is twelve because they, they all brought their own. Twelve, 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 twelve. Agalos. Look back at the beginning. Agalos. Vayaviu es Karbanam Lefnei Hashem. 
They brought their carbon, sheish eglos tzav. Six wagons. Six covered wagons. Ushnei asar bakar agala al shnei anisiyim v'shar lechad v'yakrivu osam lifnei hamishkan. And then, they, they, why only six? Well, only six wagons. What, they, they wanted a carpool? They carpooled to the Mizbeach. Right? They, they, they teamed up. Why they carpool? Why didn't they just bring all their stuff on their own wagon? Like, they all had their own stuff. So, by says, see on the left side now, on page seven. Right? Could it be that the same Nesim who would spare no other expense had been thrifty when it came to the wagons and had decided to carpool? If they wanted to cut corners, there were plenty of components on which they could have saved money. No, no, no. You know what the, the potential problem was? The Nisim each brought their own carbon. That's a potential Pirud situation. We're each doing our own thing. If the Nisim would have allowed the competitive, it could be competition. I'm gonna, who's gonna go first? What are you gonna bring? What am I gonna bring? Right? The Nisim had to do something to show that yes, we're each separate Shvatim, but we're connected. So they brought six wagons. Six wagons. They shared wagons. They couldn't fit everything on a wagon. They shared wagons. What does that show us? Even within differences, within the differences of the Shvatim, they were united. And they had Agalos. Right? They shared. Beautiful! What does the Agdasakenim say? Yaakov saw the Agalos. And What's the pshat? Yaakov realizes Yosef is back. Everybody's alive. But are we going to go back to what was beforehand? Maybe Yosef is going to take Nakama from the brothers. Maybe the brothers are still going to be jealous of Yosef. Who says it's going to be together? Who sa- Maybe we're going to go back to the same problems. What? He sees the agalos that bring the shvatim together in the future. He realizes the shvatim are together. And the shvatim share. Right, but at the same time, he was apprehensive that animosity between his descendants was inevitable. He sees the Nesim would unite. He's like, okay, the Shvatim are connected. It's going to be Shifteka. Remember, in the back of Yaakov's mind was still there was always a rejected Shevet, a, she- a person, Avram throughout Yishmael, Yisak throughout Esav, and now up until now, Yaakov, Yosef was lost. Is that going to be again? He was always nervous. They were all together. The Agolos come back. Okay. And we'll end with a Vilnagon. We'll end with a Gra. This just is uh, one of those Gras that we look at and say, wow. Says the Gra. Right, on the Nisim. The Nisim brought all of these uh, items. You see on the top of source number eight. This is, it's quoted in, in uh, Penina Mishulchan Hagra also. But it's just a little fuller here. Again, the Grad didn't write anything himself. Any of these, it was all thought. So it's quoted in, in different ways. It's, just, it's, the, it's the same message. The Pasuk says, Karos Kesef Achas, every Shevet brought one silver Kara bowl. Shlosh Mameh Mishkala, it weighed 130. One silver bowl that weighed 130. Mizrak Echad, a Mizrak is like a smaller, it's like a cup. It's like where the blood went in. Mizrak Echad Kasef, Shivim Shekel B'Shekel HaKodesh. Right? It was uh, way less. Shneihem Malayim Solas. 
they were both filled with flour. So the Ka'ara and the Mizrak, they were both made out of Kesef. They were both filled with flour. One was Shloshim Umeya and one was Shivim Shekel B'Shekel HaKodesh. Says the Targum Yonasan on the Pasuk. One of the Targumim. Ka'aras Kesef, Haisabalas Dofen Aveh. The Ka'ara had a thick, thick, thick bowl. Like the walls of the bowl were thick. And the Mizrak had thin, had thin, had thin, uh, walls. Okay. How did it know that? How do you know in the Pasuk that that's what, it, that's what it looked like? That the Ka'ara had thick walls and the Mizrak had thin walls. Where does it say that in the Pasuk? Says the Vilna Go, the Pasuk says in Bracious, we know by Hashem made the two great luminaries. Hashem made the sun, Hashem made the moon. Right, two big maoros. And of course, Chazal says in and Rashi quotes it that the moon got upset. Right, you can't have two two kings. What does Hashem say? Okay, you're upset. He minimized the sun, the moon, and to make him feel better, right, he gave the moon some stars. Great. But ask Chazal, ask the uh, uh, Chazal. Um, well, the Mefarshim are bothered. How did how did we how did Chazal know that Shnei Ma'oros Hagadolim means two exactly the same, and then Hashem made one small? Maybe it was Shnei two big ones. They weren't exactly the same. And later on, it says Amar Gadol Amar Katan. That means in relative terms. Right, there were two big ones. They weren't exactly the same. There were two big. The, the moon's pretty big, also, right? So maybe it was two big ones, and later on it just clarifies. It's just mavarer. So how do you know? No, 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 no. Chazal say it had to start off being the same. Why? Because by Yom Kippur, by the goats of Yom Kippur, the Gemara says in Maseches Yuma, Shnei Siirim. Whenever it says the word shnei or shnayim, it means equal. It means equal. So the goats have to be equal. The, the Mishnah says they have to be the same height and the same color and they, they have to look alike, but koma and bamaro, bedamim. So it says shnei maoros agdolim. They have to be the same. Shnei just doesn't only mean two numerical number. Shnei means shaveh. Two equal. So the Shnei Moros Agdolim had to be equal. That's why. Chadav Tadarshan, the moon got smaller. And you know that from Yuma. So says the Gra, Shnei Hem Malayim Solas. They were both filled with slowless flour. Which means they had the same amount of flour in them. The same amount of flour. Umikimach enechtav shem harei lanushim shavim lagamre. But they have to be equal. But how could one weigh so much more than the other one? If they had the same amount of flour, one was one Ah, it must be one of them had thick walls. If they were exactly the same, shnei, and they had the same amount of flour, but one weighed a lot more than the other one, and they were both made out of silver, and they were like, right? They were they were the similar, so it must be, says the Gra. It must be one had thick wall. That's how the Targum Yonasa knew. The Targum Yonasa knew. It must have been the same size. I described it earlier differently. Ka'ara is usually a bowl and a Mizrak is smaller. But the Grah says, not true. Not true. It must have been the same. Because it says, Shneim. Shneim means they're... 
The same, that's how the Targum Erosa knew that one had thick walls and one had thin walls. This is the Gra Bar Hashem. We have greats in our generation that think differently than uh, the average the average person. The Gra was a bucky in all Chachmas. It's written by his Talmidim, Bar Hashem. But uh, Parshas Naso is jam-packed. Shobi Zochet to Chag Kasha V'Sameach and a wonderful Kabbalah Satora. And those who are listening to this after, it's still the week. It's still the week of the uh, of Tashlumen, of Tashlumen in, uh, for the Karbanos. So you should be Zochet maybe. You still have a couple of days to uh, to bring them in the base of Migdash Bimheir of Yemen. Okay, we'll stop here.